Hi, my name is Jess. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm in recovery from anxiety, codependency, and control. Hi, I was born into a single-parent home where my mom raised me with the help of my grandma. I grew up going to a Spanish church with my grandma where I learned that God created me, he loved me, and I needed to obey his commandments or I would disappoint him. This would be my view of God for the first 17 years of my life. When I was eight years old, my mom married my first stepdad. Although my mom did most of the parenting, this was my first experience of what it was like to have a dad. He had a short fuse, wasn't loving or gentle, and was addicted to pornography. I was first exposed to pornography through his carelessness and leaving magazines around the house and not changing the channel before turning the TV off. I would come home from school, turn on the TV, and see what he had been watching the night before. Just like that, my curiosity was awakened. Over the next five years, my church attendance consisted of Easter, Christmas, the occasional Wednesday night, and a week of church camp in the summer. When I was 10, I got baptized at camp because everyone else was doing it, so why not? Um, but camp the summer before high school was different. I was dating a boy who was also exposed to pornography at a young age and had already become addicted. He convinced me that sex equated to love and that if I loved him and didn't want to lose him, it needed to be part of our relationship. Based on what I knew of my stepdad and what my boyfriend was telling me, I concluded that this is what men wanted. If I loved someone, I would do this, but more importantly, if I wanted someone to love me, I needed to do this. I remember hearing a sermon on purity and abstinence at camp that summer. While it's possible that the message was filled with the truth and grace of the gospel, all I walked away believing was that I was the only one who had sinned like this. It was too late for me. And God would never forgive me. I felt incredible guilt and shame and remember thinking I could never tell anyone what I had done. Proverbs 28:13 says, "Whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy." Unfortunately, I wouldn't understand this for myself until much later. Towards the end of my freshman year of high school, my mom's marriage fell apart and ended in divorce. We completely stopped going to church and I became a serial girlfriend. I tried to find my identity in guy after guy and was so codependent that I became whoever I thought they wanted me to be and did whatever it took for them to stay with me. I also became increasingly more aware and insecure of the fact that I didn't have a dad. That insecurity only fed my need to be loved in relationships. When I was 16, my mom remarried, but this time it felt different. My new stepdad was kind, and he was already a loving father to his own kids. I had three new siblings in addition to the brother I had gained from my mom's previous marriage. I finally had the dad and the family I'd always dreamed of, or at least as close as I could get with a blended family. I started to pull away from boys, not because I was healthy or whole, but simply because I shifted my codependency 
and misplaced identity from boys to family. For reasons I can't explain, the Lord was really kind to me in that first year of my parents' marriage. He allowed me to see what marriage and family could look like and what it was like to have a father. He started to surround me with friends at school that knew him and showed me his love. God started to soften my heart through their love for him and their love for me. Enough so that when one of them invited me to her youth group, I said yes. That night, the pastor got up on stage, and the first thing he said was, who here thinks they have the best dad? (laughs) My heart sank. I almost stopped listening until he said, even if you think you have the best dad in the world, he pales in comparison to the kind of father God is. I immediately thought, whatever this is, I'm in. It was the first time I had heard that God was the father of the fatherless, that whether I had the best dad, worst dad, or no dad, God was a greater and perfect father. He wouldn't abandon me, but rather he had chosen me and loved me. And I wish I could say that was it, that I had heard that, fully trusted it, and lived in it forever and ever, amen. But it wasn't that easy. I trusted Christ with my eternal life, but not with my daily life. I tried to live in the world and the church at the same time and was miserable in both. I continued in and out of relationships that crossed boundaries, but thought to some degree that it was better to have boundaries and cross them than to not have them at all. When my sexual sin led to breakups, I would turn to pornography and masturbation for comfort and satisfaction. Under the weight of my guilt and shame, I found myself trying to numb everything with partying, drinking, and one-night stands. By 2017, I was tired, tired of breakups and benders and one-night stands. I went on a trip with a friend and remember having a day to myself where I turned to God for the first time in a long time and just asked him what he would have me do. I couldn't come home from that trip and go back to the life I'd created for myself. I knew I had to surround myself with God's people. I reconnected with friends I knew were believers and started seeing a biblical counselor. I'd been to the porch, Watermark's young adult ministry, a couple of times before and began attending regularly. For the next year, I had informal community through friends and in counseling started to work through patterns in my life that led to sexual sin and codependency, but I still didn't feel whole. Matthew 12, 43 through 45 says, when an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. That is how it will be with this wicked generation. That was me. I'd cleaned house, but I was still missing the main thing. I wasn't abiding and dwelling in God's word, and I was still controlling the perceptions of those around me. Exhausted, I found myself here on a Monday night and experienced the freedom of being fully known for the first time. I had an army of accountability through region and formal community and immediately learned in step one, admit that I was powerless over my sin. In steps one through six, I felt like I was cleaning house all over again. I was honestly just tired and discouraged until step seven, follow. We humbly ask God's spirit to change our hearts and minds in order to follow Christ fully. On day one of step seven, the word in the margin of the book was abide. 
In John 15, four through five, Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. God began to show me his character, his heart for me, and that he wanted an actual relationship with me, not just a rule follower out of me. He has radically transformed my life. I finally understand the joy of dwelling in the presence of my Heavenly Father, and his presence has changed the way I see everything. I was baptized after I commenced, and now even have the privilege of leading a step group. Life after Regen, life with Christ, is immeasurably immeasurably better than life without him, but it's not easier. By God's grace, I walk in freedom from sexual sin, but not without temptation. And while my life is now measured by joy and love from a gracious and merciful God, even still I have to remind myself that nothing good dwells in me. I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. If I'm really honest, the last few weeks have been filled with hard truth from people I love. It's easy to want to grab control and try to fix things on my own. And it's been God's kindness to use his people to remind me that I can't do it alone. But I thank God that he has the ability to do for me what I can't do for myself. And more than that, that he still chooses to change my heart because he loves me. I can trust him, and in him alone, I find hope and rest. My name is Jess. I have a new life in Christ. And I'm in recovery from anxiety, codependency, and control. And to God be all the glory. Our girl Jess.